1: celebrate you ready to roll
2: yeah I guess we got to do this um (laughs) it's just like I kind of want them just to I want it to be July 10th so I know what to anticipate next year and you know it's just kind of
1: just fucking tell me if the Warriors are going to be trash next year, you know, because we'll know, or, or the last, maybe the next, like, I, no, you know, it's not even that. It's like, by the way, we should probably record because, because uh, these are good thoughts that's coming. Oh, like
2: I'm, I'm always, dr- I'm always, uh, recording.
1: Like, you know, if KD resigns, then it's like, well, they can lose next year. It's all good. It doesn't really matter. But it's like, if KD doesn't resign, then it's like, well, they might be, you know, a 7 seed next year. And then who knows after that? Like, that's, it's the, it's, that's the dark part, dude.
2: It's the clay injury on top of it because...
1: Yeah, but he'll be fine. No,
2: he will. But, like, I'm, I'm talking about just purely for next year. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Where it's just kind of like, <clears throat> you know, before... Um, when we weren't sure if Katie's and we're still not sure if Katie's returning, but you know, in, in my head, I was like, well, if they just run it back with the main core, maybe use the mid level on Rudy gay, try to get a little Robin Lopez and try to strengthen mm-hmm. numbers it. Yeah. That would be cool. And, you know, we can kind of see where it is and then we'll get like an appropriate kind of gauge for where they are, um, you know, after they do that. Um, and, you know, instead now it's just kind of a lost year. And that truly sucks.
1: Yeah, you see the stuff about people that are saying, like, when, when I say people. There are fans that are, like, really excited that are like, hey, you know, Steph gets his own team again. Steph is going to do this again. It's like, honestly, man, that was cool, you know, the first couple years when he was an MVP. But it's like, now that the dude is, like, 31 and he's pretty much gotten every single accomplishment that you could ever have in basketball. Like, it's really just, let's just... To have this team try yeah, to win as many championships as possible. That's all that matters. It's
2: like fans want championships, not clout. I'm not I, I don't I don't need to see Steph averaged thirty-three points a game from the He'd minute KD, from the minute KD got hurt. And by the way, I just want to put this take on the record. He was the best player in the finals. And it wasn't close. He was better than Kawhi. He was. <sighs> I'm so happy. He, he, Kawhi outplayed him in two games. He outplayed Kawhi in about three games and I'd call one game. They were both pretty mediocre. They were both bad in Game 6. You know, you, yeah. like, what, what did Kawhi yeah. do in Game 6? Yeah. yeah. Kawhi didn't score a single point in the fourth quarter until he hit those um, technical foul free throws.
1: Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Fred Van Vliet saved them um, in Game 6. They, yeah, no, I'm the with Warriors,
2: you. I, I will say this. The Warriors losing to a team, strengthened in numbers in them. I can't be too mad about that that's just like that's it it feels like a full circle right
1: (laughs) well you know the thing about being mad about it is that now we were talking about this yesterday it's uh, nobody's actually mad about this loss let's start there because this is a series that
2: welcome to light years podcast yeah
1: (laughs) we'll start there you're right I mean
2: (sighs) I guess I've had a few days to process this, but like my emotions when they, so I went to the game at Oracle and when I saw clay got hurt, the, the only I, I didn't even
1: care if they were going to win anymore.
2: It was like after watching Katie go down and then clay the next game, I'm like, dude, I just don't want anyone else to get injured.
1: Yep. Yep. So, yep. I tweeted that out where it was like, Hey, it's tough to lose the finals, but man, the toughest part or the worst part here is, Dude, Katie's not going to play next year and Clay's pretty much out for the season next year. I don't care if they come back healthy or not. Well, I do care. But it's like they're out for a whole season, man. Like that is way more important than losing a final series. And this is where I thought the the, – And this is where I
2: thought thought the trolling of the injuries was super toxic. Dude, it's funny if Clay sprains his ankle and is out one like three weeks and has to miss the finals – and there's no real damage done, and it's just kind of like ironic from the you know Steph sense, right? The dude
1: who was trolling.
2: I, I don't want to get you know the, the same old brawn accounts. You know, you know the <laughs> types. But it's like the dude sat a game, played hurt, and tore up his knee. Katie tried everything he could to come back and ruptured his Achilles. These are serious injuries. I'm not saying they can't recover, but like they're giving away a full season to recover, and it just it, it seems super tasteless to troll that as opposed to, you know, when a guy has a when Chris Paul pulled a hammy. First off, I didn't troll it. I was just like, that sucks. I didn't know. I don't want to beat a team that way. Nobody,
1: nobody. Yeah, nobody's trolling about that. Yeah,
2: but in the you know. Pulling a hammy is like a, a three-week injury, right? Something like that. Right, right. It's like it's 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 not a big deal. You know he's back opening day. You know it's not that big a deal. We're, we're talking about dudes who aren't going to play next year.
1: Yeah, and we're talking about like these guys. Now, end of the day, it's not going to affect them. They're both going to get maxed out. But they're unrestricted free agents, and their careers are on the line here. It's not like they're dying. This is not that serious, but it's like this is their life, real-life career. These guys are like 30 years old. They've lost the championship. Window is shut for next season, right? It's shut. Like that's a real thing. Like that. That I think was so much more depressing. A lot of people, you know, a lot of fans that I've talked to have basically have come up to me and the first thing they say is not, "Man, tough loss against the Raptors. Raptors played really well." It's shit, dude. Like, how's KD? You know, how's Clay going to look next season? How's KD going to be? You know, like. That's the first thing that comes out of people's mouths. So, like, that's the toughest part. I think, like, the loss is, is fine. It's whatever. They were just outplayed. But you can't get over the uh, – you can't get over just the full season taken away from these guys. When have we ever seen someone like Kevin Durant, you know, lose someone a, a season, right? When have we ever seen, like, a Clay Thompson taken out like this in back-to-back games? You just don't see it. It's never happened.
2: And it's just, like, I, I the, the sentiment I get from Warriors fans is – I don't think I've ever seen the fan base more proud of their team than they were this week because it's it's corny, but everyone's just like, they went out like warriors, but it's, I mean, that's really what it is. Like Katie obviously came back too soon. He, you know, he wanted to play and it cost him. Um, Clay pushed his body to the point that it gave out um, and everyone else on the court. Like, I mean, from Steph and Draymond, to looney we haven't even mentioned looney yet looney's looney playing through a fractured cartilage i don't even think it's a i don't understand what the injury is but that's a different discussion but like playing through that and just like the toughness that that shows and just kind of i mean you had guys like quinn cook and mckinney doing everything they could but like by the time you get down to them it's just like we can't have you know. We can't expect Quinn Cook to be hanging on NBA Finals level at this level. We can't be expecting that from those type of guys.
1: Yeah, I felt bad when I was frustrated at Quinn Cook uh, a lot of that series, and Alfonso McKinney. They were they were wholly uh, miscasted. Um, but I, I'm with you on the. They left everything out there on the floor. I, I don't think they could have played any better within you know the vacuum of how they were playing. I mean, I mean Toronto they, was able to use a box in no
2: one because of the personnel they put out there. I there's don't ever tell me Steph has so much help that like I mean it's just kind of the only reason they could use a box in one is because the Warriors were down to four goons and stuff. And I yep. love me some Iguodala. I love me some Draymond. They're phenomenal players for what they are. But if they're not surrounded by a certain amount of scoring it gets ugly fast. Well,
1: they got turned into one-way players. Like for, for yeah. a team for a Warriors team that's been been you know the best two-way team in basketball for the last 5 years, they got turned into a one-way team on defense that also couldn't stop anybody. So let's be clear about that. And then Steph was taken away uh a lot of the series well, now, because you could throw three guys at him. Like, and what, also what are you think,
2: supposed to do. And I also think people have a hard time like deciphering players skill sets if they're not just catch and shoot players playmakers or like rim runners like I feel like general basketball people at least on the timeline are far less uh, sophisticated intellectually than they think they are like Iguodala is a great player but like he's not a guy who's going to really create his own shot the same goes for Draymond and but but people assume because they can pass that means they can create their own shot. It's like they they don't view them in the same lens that they view like a Clint Capella as someone who like if you don't put that guy in the context of some great playmakers, the skill set, you know, in Capella's case, rim running in those guys' cases, their passing cutting is very irrelevant on the offensive end.
1: Yeah, I mean, I also, you know, here's the other thing too. I also felt like um, Steve Kerr. He didn't have a bad series as a coach, but I don't think he he did the best that he could. And really the only thing that he could do left at the end was just give Steph the ball as much as he can. And just let him execute and it just I felt like it was just way too much off ball and that's really the kind of stuff that's been going on for the last five years so, so can, I, can I
2: can I counter that point well
1: hold up it, it works when you know you've got Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson and and you know and then you've got Draymond Igadala. but this shit don't work when you've got you know Quinn Cook and Jonas Tarebko, and then you've still got Steph running to you know running through screens and He's exhausted because he's playing 45 minutes. I I just think there's a matter of if you're going to go down, go down with your best player. Stop going down by just kind of praying and hoping that the other team makes a a mistake on defense. I don't think it would have mattered at the end, but it would just been a nicer way to go down for me.
2: So I kind of – I'm going to defend Kerr here. You know, this, this season has been so messed up that you and I are taking opposite sides now. <laughs> and this isn't, this isn't pre-planned. This is just kind of how I feel. Um, they were basically running the 2001 76ers like Allen Iverson offense.
1: Oh, boy. And
2: Iverson played off ball, and it worked. And he was, he was a volume guy, which is essentially what Steph turned into at the end. But I don't think putting the ball in Steph's hand and leg him ISO works when the four guys on the floor next to him are not guarded. So I do think running him off those screens while it's incredibly tiresome and it it didn't feel like it was getting him any space, I'm just thinking about it from the standpoint of, okay, no one's guarding Iguodala, no one's guarding Livingston, no one's guarding McKinney, no one's guarding Draymond, no one's guarding Looney. Um if you try to do like the rockets thing where you you know right. just kind of spread it they're just going to they're just going to cheat off of them and triple team him only now he's not coming off of any movement so I don't think it really makes a difference. Um and that's just down to the personnel. I get more annoyed when they don't put Steph on ball on ball, on ball screens when they have the ability to space around him.
1: Yeah, I mean I just I, I was just Tremont had almost 10 turnovers. We don't have to talk about game six all game, but it it was just – my thing is if you're going to lose, and I think they were going to lose regardless of if Steph was on ball or off ball, lose with Steph. And and maybe they did. Maybe he had that open shot at the end. But it just never felt like he was in rhythm anyway. Um, He just didn't have the ball enough. So – that, that's my spiel i don't want to complain, yeah. complain about kerr too much i mean we should probably move on to i something think the, else.
2: i think the one thing we agree with and every other Warrior fan agrees with is like end of the day it got down to steph playing with four players who could not score 10 points mm-hmm. they can't you know like i mean it, and so um and and they're players i like and they're players i they really like but like you have to have a little better floor balance than that. Um, so we'll get Wasserman, Jonathan Wasserman from Bleacher Report, on later to talk about draft prospects. But like my big thing going into next year is going to be like, can we get a little more shooting? Because it is really funny. People think the Warriors shoot a lot of threes. It's like no, Stephen Clay shoot threes. Yeah, no yeah. one else shoots threes on this team.
1: Not even KD. Yeah. KD,
2: KD shoots. KD should shoot probably three a lot to four more, more than he, he shoots like five yep. a game and he probably should take like seven
1: yeah he wants to, but like thinks, i'm I,
2: at this point like i'm i mean i'm not really gonna complain about katie shot selection
1: in general <laughs> yeah let's okay so let's do this let's do let's do what should they do next season because i i don't know how often we're recording in the off season. i, I i'd well, rather well, like, not before record every week.
2: i guess i guess before we get to that um yeah because you and i are both traveling at various times over the summer so it'll be a little sporadic <laughs> yeah. also Tell kj
1: we're not recording every week kj
2: KJ knows the deal. So, by the way, boss, um, boss
1: man, by the way. Should we promote Blue Eye real quick?
2: I think we got to do a little Blue Eye promotion. Um, <laughs> no, we'll, we'll get to it later. Uh, but shout out the Real Sports Snapchat guys for getting first in the iTunes That store is pretty cool. Sports. That is pretty awesome. You know, maybe if more of you guys kept downloading our podcast, we could do that.
1: But <laughs> Yeah, maybe if you guys actually went and got out the damn house instead of listening to us and headed to the Apple Store and clicked subscribe on thirty phones, you know, help us out a little bit. So.
2: Nah, I want to, I want to, um, I want to get back to the season and then we'll go into next year real quick. All right. Um, the the main takeaway I have is like, I I didn't know how this run would end, and I'm not convinced the run is over, but they're definitely like if they rise again after Clay recovers after Katie recovers whatever the team looks like it's going to be kind of a it's going to be a second it's going to be a second run you know what i mean um and the way they went out i thought was far more admirable than oh, yeah. the way the heat went out the way a lot of most dynasties go out and it still hurts it still kind of sucks but it's like they i mean they literally gave their bodies Yep. I don't yep. know what else to say. Like, if anyone questions this Warriors team, I wouldn't even argue with them uh, because they're not worth my time. Like, this team has shown how that. how tough they are. How like they they play pure basketball. They played the right way. They played their hearts out. This this is every player. Yep. Like, even down to our boy Jacob Evans, who's going to be the starting shooting guard next year. Um <laughs> It's just I I don't know what else to say. Like I, I I'm just kind of proud of the team.
1: You there is nobody out there that can make fun of the Warriors in good faith. I think is the best way to put it. You can't troll these this Warriors team. You can't belittle them. You can't condescend because they've done more this postseason than anybody ever could, or they've tried harder and worked harder than anybody ever could. And so if you're making fun of this team for losing. Yeah, that just looks bad on you. And, like, you could you could do that in, in 2016, and, and it'd be kind of funny. You know, I, I can see it. The Warriors lost a 3-1 lead. They were arrogant. But this team, where they came out here and they fought through injuries pretty much on every do, single the player. Last,
2: the, oh. do, do you, what did I say to you yesterday on the show? That game six against Houston was May 10th. That was five weeks ago. It feels like a year ago. It feels like they've been through so much since then. Like it's hard for me to even drum up like how special that game was, how special the run was, because it feels so long ago in context of the injuries we just saw.
1: Yep. And it's like, and if you even want to spin it one step forward, it's like nobody's even, nobody is even talking about, Hey, if the Warriors had clay, they would have won. Or if the Warriors had clay, KD that they would have won. Like no Warriors fans even care about that. It's more, which I think is great. Between you and I, right? We think it's great. I think it's hey, you respect and cherish like what's happened this postseason because you'll never see something like this again. Like just the way this team has fought through it and then the way that they failed, you'll never I don't think you can ever see anything like this again. And they'll come out of that looking amazing because what more could you have expected from this team? Like, did anybody out there, you know, really expect them to win this series after what happened, after injuries that happened? Like, you can't. You can't, and so that that's pretty cool that uh, they come out here, and they've pretty much gotten everyone's respect, all the way from the players to the fans to just anyone that said, "quote unquote," ruin the league, or you know they made basketball boring or this and that. It's it's man, they have they've showed the heart to go with the talent, which is uh, which is pretty cool.
2: All I'm gonna say is Anthony Davis quit on his team. And spent the last six months trying to force a move while he's under contract. Meanwhile, Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant literally gave their bodies trying to fight for the game. So I don't want to hear anything about anything because it's like one one of those two represents everything that I love about sports. And the other one's kind of everything I dislike.
1: Yep. Yep. When the Warriors get hurt, they come out and they're actually not able to play the next season. They don't come out with a fake injury and a fake cast and try to make it act like there's something that isn't. So um
2: Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> fake casts on the podium. How about some real ligament injuries, bro?
1: Yeah. Yeah. These guys they tore an Achilles and ACL, dislocated finger, a torn quad. They they had every injury possible. And did you the Warriors literally never talked about it? It's, it's they, they not they never say a word.
2: Yeah. I mean, we forgot that Steph has a dislocated finger and a messed up knee right now, but you know, it's, it's about hoops. It's not about Hollywood.
1: (laughs) All right. We got to move move
2: this forward. Um, we got, we, I think I should just let the questions take over. What do you think?
1: Oh shit. I forgot we got questions. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that.
2: I guess this, this one kind of sucks, but, um, well, it doesn't suck. It's Throw him under the bus. From, from Zach Baum, who's actually one of my favorite people. Yeah, that's um, true. Which do you think has a bigger impact on KD stay, potentially staying? The team rallying behind his injury, making him a hero, or AD doing uh, the Lakers reducing the talent pool for long-term success in potentially new location?
1: It's a great um, question. Yeah, the
2: reason I thought so is like I just I, I I hate like it kind of feels like blood money when you're like oh him getting hurt means he's more likely to stay like <laughs> but it but it is what it is right
1: no yeah. yeah I'm with you you want to take that one because uh, I got thoughts
2: um, you go first I got to think about my thoughts
1: yeah I I got to think about my thoughts about that um, I, yeah as as so Kevin Durant as someone that cares about what people think I love prefacing all Kevin Durant questions with this. Um, he, I think, at this point in his career, is now beloved by everyone, uh, which is all he ever wanted. Uh, I think people think of him as a as a super tough player and the best player in the world. So I do think that yes, um, it does have a larger impact on KD staying. I think that the Warriors losing, just like the Warriors losing in 2016, uh, allows KD to come and, and kind of be that savior again. You know, if not next year, the next the year from that. Um, and then I think that. Him even looking two years away, um, going up against LeBron and having Steph Curry and Clay, we don't know about Draymond, but going up against LeBron and Anthony Davis, I think that's kind of worth uh, uh, thinking about and a rivalry that would be pretty cool, even if it's two years ways, away from now. If he is on the New York Knicks, who do not have Zion and do not have Kyrie, uh, I think that is he, – he enters like a Carmelo-Anthony route. And Kevin Durant is too good to be that type of guy that just in a big market just to be in a big market. So uh, I think there's a higher chance.
2: Yeah, um, I actually don't think the injury has that huge of an impact because, like you said, he's he's bulletproof. And he should have always been bulletproof. Um, in terms I know, of, but that, you know that's not the case. Right. But, I mean, if he leaves, no Warrior fan. Every Warrior fan still going to essentially adore him for just even trying to tough it out and on top of everything he's done for the team. Um, but I do think the AD to LA thing is probably the bigger thing because really, um, it changes the calculus. Like, if he did want to explore another team, I don't think the interest level was going to New York to be Carmelo next to a bunch of, like, you know, just <laughs> random dudes. Like you just right, 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 right. It was to kind of create a team that could compete and so he could win more titles and yeah ad was one of those players that you know maybe could go with him like it could have been him and ad in new york got it got and it. Okay. so that changes the calculus now i i don't think who knows i i it's gonna be if he did want to still go to new york it's gonna be a lot harder to recruit guys saying like hey you just carry the load for one year and then you know i'll be back so i think it changes the calculus in that way Um, it might not matter. He might go either way, but it does make it a little less. It makes it a little more difficult to walk away from the Warriors and create a winning situation, I guess is what I'm saying.
1: Yep. Yep. And from all accounts we think, and we know, or we think that Kevin Durant is putting more of an emphasis on winning than anything else right now. I don't think he's pulling a mellow. We know that mellow didn't care about winning that much. It was always about the money. So I think with Kevin Durant, I think he I mean, still wants the, to win championships.
2: I hate comparing him to Melo because Melo never played defense.
1: Katie, I don't know why I did that, but, yeah, but I mean I they always
2: they always kind of get a comparison because they're they're just two of the most gifted scorers I've seen, right? And like Melo kind of left you disappointed because you knew he was always capable of more than being more than just a scorer. Um, and KD did, you know, he is an all around player. Um, on top of the scoring, it's just like the scoring so unique and gifted like it, it, it's in some ways it reminds me of Steph with the shooting where it's like everyone it gets so enamored with the shooting they don't realize like the other stuff he can do um so it's the same kind of thing with with KD where it's like he's such a amazing like scorer, the type you have never seen that like you don't realize like yeah the dude can guard pretty much every position yes he's a excellent passer and a smart player and all that sort of stuff
1: Yeah, I mean, the more I think about it, I I just don't know where, uh, I don't know where KD can go, Um, and and he can go anywhere, but I don't know where he can go. I guess
2: the thing is that you you don't know where he can go that, like, it's an obvious on paper, like, okay, I get that.
1: Yeah, where it's a good situation is what I was going to finish with, so yes, in so many words. Um, Yeah, I, I I don't see it, and... You know, if this Achilles injury allows the Warriors to re-sign Kevin Durant, that sucks. Um, But, you know, we'll wait and see what happens a year from now because I think you kind of talked me into it, into agreeing with you. Yeah, I don't think Kevin Durant's playing next season if he's on the Warriors. I don't don't think we're seeing him, even if he's healthy by the postseason. I just don't think it's going to happen.
2: Yeah, there's no way. There's no way he's – because, like, even if he is healthy, he'll be – like, he can come back and – April, May on a minutes restriction, and, like, no one's doing that in the
1: playoffs. I, I think, yeah, right, because he should be able to play. Like, I don't think, like, well, who knows? Who knows? But, like, Boogie came back in, what, 10 months? And Boogie had a much more grueling rehab than Kevin Durant's going to be just because Boogie's bigger, um, and, he's, and he's a big man. But Boogie man, so.
2: didn't play over, like, 25 minutes for about three months. The You, you, yeah. can't, you can't just, like, You can't
1: throw him in the postseason. Right, so.
2: And Boogie was playing, like, against, you know orlando against uh Sac, like that that type of stuff
1: yeah the injury fucking sucks man um all right so we got one i gotta take one from karma police who like tweeted us like four times but also doesn't follow us so i'm not sure what's going on here um or at least doesn't follow me <laughs> don't follow me either. Uh, too many edm tweets uh okay so this he says do you agree this warrior season should be akin to the 98 spurs sitting David Robinson to help the draft position AKA tanking for Tim Duncan. Uh, Would not be asinine to put a heavy burden on Steph after five straight finals?
2: Um, so that's interesting. Um, let, let's talk about this because we've been a lot
1: of people are bringing this up too. Yeah.
2: yeah, because it's, it's the most light years move ever rest everyone for a year. Get apparently the 2020 draft is much more stock um, stacked at the top. Um, at least that's what what I've heard. Like,
1: um, is that Lamelo kid going to be there?
2: I mean, he's in the conversation, but I don't even think he's in the top. Um, there's there's a kid at Memphis, uh, James Weissman, who's got like KG KD type comp stuff going on. So, oh boy. Anyway, doesn't doesn't really matter. Anthony
1: Davis light is what I'm looking at. Oh boy.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of um. Hey,
1: Lamelo's top three
2: yeah i mean it, it it's it's a more well this I feel like this is how it goes with the draft um the draft that's one year away is always better because it's like a mystery box like everyone's seen him at sixteen or seventeen years old, and they're like they're gonna be so good, but then everyone sees him that one year in college, and like i mean we saw r j Barrett this year right, and yeah. he was supposed to be the next coming and then you see him in college, you're like, okay he could be good, but he's not like a a lock right yeah um yeah. Anyway, now I forgot the question. Oh, t- light years tank. Um, they can't tank going into Chase Center. That's what it comes down to. I do think there's something to the, you know, if Steph gets some nagging injuries, we might see a lot of, uh, you know, we might see it extended for the pick, but it's going to be one of those things that only happens if the season goes awry. It, I don't think they're going to open the season with the intention of tanking because if Steph and Draymond are healthy for most of the year, they're not they're not going to be able to tank.
1: So that that's that's the point. Um, I think people are kind of forgetting there is if Steph and Draymond are healthy, you do know that not every team in the league are the Toronto Raptors and nobody in the league is going to throw a box and one in the regular season out there. Um, or have these sophisticated defenses, right? So I do think that having Steph, having Draymond, should be enough to get them to the postseason, and they should be able to find some players. So you did a pretty good breakdown, Sam. So I'm probably gonna have you do it again. Sorry, but a breakdown on the the salary cap that the Warriors have, they should be able to sign maybe one guy if if KD resigns, and maybe even more money if KD doesn't resign. So. Um, they should be able to find some players to fill in the gaps.
2: Yeah, they're gonna um, have a. They're either gonna have the tax pyramid level or the um, the just uh, over the cap mid level, and you know one's like five point seven million, one's nine million. Um, so it's gonna be interesting what they do with it. Um, I do think though they have to consider trading a Um And my reason is Andres thirty five going to be 36 and his contract is up and you know they resign clay they'll be over the cap irregardless so you're better off moving him in this transition year to get anything of value um, be it like a decent vet and a pick or you're you're not going to get anything that resembles peak andre but what you're going to get is better than what you're going to sign when he leaves
1: do you think they're going to trade andre gadala i understand you think they maybe should but you think they are?
2: I think that's possible. I don't think they're trading Draymond um, unless something falls apart, but I think they might look at Andre and say, man, he has one year left. We can match his salary with something and get something interesting to kind of, you know, make more sense going forward with clay. And, you know, if Katie comes back, then, just letting him expire and then not even having the cap space to
1: replace him. No, I think it's logical that they maybe should trade him. Um, I don't think they will. I, I just I don't see it. Um, it's going to have to happen for for me to see it. But trading Andre Godala, the Finals MVP for you, um, I, I, it's that's hard to see, man. Um,
2: I will say this: it, trading Andre would most likely mean he ends yeah. up on another contender because those are like.
1: Like, don't trade him to the Bucks or whatever.
2: Like. Yeah, like, the Orlando Magic don't really have much use for him. You know, like, the Charlotte Hornets don't have use for him. But a team like Milwaukee, like you mentioned, they might see him as a piece that could help him get over the top. Or a team like, um, man, it'd be weird if he ended up back in Philly. <laughs> but wow. you, you, you get what I'm saying. Like well, Maybe like a Denver. Oh, it'd be weird if he ended up back in Denver, too. But, like, one of those, <laughs> one of those teams... <laughs> One of those teams that sees him as a, you know, like everyone knows he can help you win. So one of those teams that's kind of on the cusp who thinks he'll push him over, maybe a Portland or something like that, right, that is willing to give up something um, younger, not as good as him, but maybe promising um, for him. And the Warriors kind of take that younger piece with the, you have to take it with the mindset that he won't be as good as peak Andre, but he'll be better than whatever veteran you sign on a minimum when
1: Andre retires. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm with you, man. I, it's uh, I, Here's the other thing, though. Um, I still think they're right in the running to make the postseason at the end. And I think if that's the case, you're now talking about a team that's going to tank if they're going to trade Andre Gadala. And I, I just don't think that they're going to do that um because it, it, it'll just signal hey we're just gonna let go this season uh, and i bet you the other thing is that clay thompson's gonna he's gonna be back earlier right because he just seems like a guy doesn't he just seem like a guy that's just gonna come back earlier from from his injury and he's gonna push the play and uh they're probably yeah, not clay's gonna not, clay's, him, not,
2: clay's not gonna yeah. be the guy who wants Takes to sit up the year month. he's, he's yeah. gonna say he's good on christmas
1: it's exactly what's going to happen. I complete so like and and you know he's probably not going to play until February or, or around there. But uh, I, I do think that they will push it, and uh, and I, I don't think that will allow for an Andre Gadala to to um to get traded. And and it looks like Gadala's probably going to retire too, um after next season. So it's also just from a sentimental value aspect. Be nice to see him retire in a Warriors jersey um, rather than in a in a Bucks jersey. So.
2: <laughs> well, you know, he can always do the one-day contract with the Warriors. Yeah that, is true. In Jersey. yeah,
1: that is true. Yeah, that is true. All right, do we have time? Why don't we talk about off-season targets because I like that question. Okay. Um, somebody asked it. Okay, so let's go to uh, Aaron Early. There's more minutes available for a vet coming in on a one-year deal, like a rental. Uh, thinking light years ahead, who can we start a ca- hashtag campaign? Uh, for that we have no business signing he throws out Boogie JJ Reddick, Julius Randle I don't know why Chris Middleton's in here uh, Brooke Lopez um, do you have anybody in mind that you would like to see the Warriors to get, I, I have some
2: I'm interested to see what Boogie does, I think Boogie's going to end up getting a bigger deal and not coming back um, but you know if he does want to come back, I'm I'm cool with running Boogie, that would be cool yeah um but with that said he's you know let me know what you're thinking
1: um yeah i mean i'm with you i would love to see boogie back um especially on a team that doesn't have clay doesn't have kd he's gonna have all the touches that he wants um and it's gonna be fun to watch him on offense uh i would like to see some wings that can shoot i do not care if they can play defense I i just don't care anymore um so I would like to see Dion Waiters and Austin Rivers. Are two guys that I want to see. Two guys
2: that By the way, I think they're both sneaky underrated on defense. They at least try. Yeah. The, okay. They try okay. You sound like
1: Bill Simmons by the way when you say that. Yeah. I, there's a sne- sneak underrated. Um, I love that. <laughs> I was gonna,
2: I was gonna, Okay, let me let me let me preface this. Um <laughs> They, they are not. Um, they're not Clay Thompson or Iguodala on defense, but they are also not Quinn Cook or McKinney on defense. Uh, see, now that, <laughs> that's somewhere pressure. in the
1: middle. Not, no, hey, trying is half the battle um, on defense, and well, you I know, I thought
2: Quinn and McKinney tried. It was just you know, one's one's five ten, <laughs> and the other is...
1: the other can't move side to side. Yeah. Um, the other is very up, explosive. Um,
2: up and north, north south. <laughs>
1: North South, yeah. Well, you know the thing about Rivers. Um, and by the way, who Rivers? Who who got? Uh, uh, who like loves the Warriors now? I think because what his sister is engaged to. The, some the who, I don't know. Doesn't matter. Oh, they're, Seth. Okay.
2: The, the Rivers and the Curry's have put aside their differences. Yeah, and they're now Doc, they're joining, Doc
1: loves Seth. Yeah, they're joining
2: yeah. in one clan.
1: <laughs> uh, First but family of uh, I love. I uh, love. I just. I like. Like if I want some excitement. I want some energy. I want some excitement. And I think that Dion Waiters I don't think they can sign both. I just don't think the math works out. I, I,
2: I think you um you and I are on the same page. I do not want to watch stuff with four dudes who don't want to shoot the ball. Yeah. It's man. like yep, that's pretty it's much kind it. of fun for five minutes. And it gets really it's painful after a while and like you feel bad for everyone on the floor and it's, it's just annoying. <laughs> Yes, I'm with you. I want to see them get, um, but we can even go lower than that. I, I wouldn't mind a little Derek Rose. Wow, get a little. Uh, you know, he can kind of bring. It's kind of like the Steph Monte backcourt again.
1: Oh my God, you <laughs> or, throw Rose and Steph on in the
2: or Jeremy Lin, Jeremy Lin, same thing. Oh, I mean, I hope Jeremy. Come on, I hope Jeremy's healthy. Basically, but um, he would also be another one. Like you and I are both on the same page. I think where we just want to see dudes who are willing to make a play with the ball.
1: Oh, they're going to see an Asian dude. But yeah, sure. You know, a dude that can you know make a <laughs> play on the ball. Jeremy Lin, you know, that, I, I think he might be washed. But uh, you know me. I would love to see Jeremy Lin. To, uh, by the way, uh, they don't need any money, more money to go into Chase. I think most seats are probably booked already. But can you imagine Jeremy Lin in <laughs> Chase Center um, uh, in that crowd? Have, all cool. of
2: Salesforce and Google cheering.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Facebook as well. Um, Terrence Ross, somebody threw out a Terrence Ross. That'd be fun. I just don't know how much uh, money these guys are going to get. It sounds like from what I've been reading that there's a lot of cap space out there this offseason. So, yeah. you know, these guys are probably going to get paid more than what the Warriors can allow. But, you know, maybe I, I was thinking too, maybe there every, are guys that – Not everyone's
2: going to get paid.
1: I mean, it, so – It's just not possible. Someone, but it, about someone's going to fall. They, yeah, they need guys maybe that can – like me, you, and uh, who are we talking to? The Warriors Outsiders crew uh, earlier today. They need some. Maybe they can steal some uh, make feel good guys, right? Like post draft hype guys. You know they were bust, but maybe they can come to the Warriors and kind of rehab that value, right? The Warriors can kinda, offer minutes, kind
2: of like what Derrick Rose did last year. Yeah, that, yeah. Or yeah. like or like Jeff Green a couple of years ago. Guys who kind of like we've all Jeff written Green. off, but like no one's doubting they have a certain level of talent. Yeah,
1: yeah. They can come to the Warriors. They'll have minutes. They'll have shots. Like most guys are looking for that. And the Warriors, for the first time in a long time are looking for guys that, you know. There's no
2: shortage of shots to go around right now.
1: Yep, Um, yep. Like Tyreek Evans would have been nice. (laughs) He didn't sign with the Warriors because he said he couldn't get shots. Yeah. So that's not going to be an issue now. A couple
2: people are mentioning Rodney Hood. Um, Rodney Hood? And I don't think they can get Rodney Hood. What they need is the guy who's in the situation Rodney Hood was in a year ago where, like like you said, a post-hype guy where everyone's now down on them because they yeah. have like a bad year or two, they need, they need that. They need the guy who comes here and, um, kind of rehabs his image and, you know, right. reminds everyone like, you know, I, I had a bad year. I might not be an all-star, but I, you know, have some talent. Like Dion Waiters is a perfect example. God,
1: right. that would be fun. Wouldn't that be fun? Like Dion Waiters, I, are we in alignment that Dion Waiters is the number one priority here this off season? <laughs> are I we think, on Waiters Island as Simmons likes to?
2: I think to that call? needs to be the pod title um <laughs> the dion waiters bring dion waiters
1: <laughs> i'm gonna tweet it it's a very de- uh, well, i don't want to say
2: depressing pod but
1: <laughs> i was gonna say it's a it's a dark pod where we've uh we've uh we've, we've gone we've on pivoted dion waiters yeah this is what we're this is what we love now i mean he had the quote where you know he said I'd rather go – I don't know if it's a real quote, but he said I'd rather go 0 for 30 than 0 for 9 because if I went 0 for 30, that means I'd never lost my confidence.
2: I'm pretty sure it's a Kobe quote. <laughs>
1: That's even better. That's even better. Um, are we done? It is we actually it much. is
2: actually a Kobe quote. Um, I'm, I'm is? I'm going to pull it up before we bring on uh, Jonathan Wasserman uh, to discuss draft prospects. Um. Darren Williams went 0 for 9. I was like, can you believe Darren Williams went 0 for 9? Kobe was like, I would go 0 for 30 before I go 0 for 9. 0 for 9 means you beat yourself. You psyched yourself out of the game. Because Darren Williams can get more shots in the game. The only reason, because you're just now lost your confidence in yourself.
1: Oh, man. I think that is a... Ben you're editing this i need you to cut up sam saying this and put on a clip it, it doesn't get any better it, it doesn't get any better yeah we're in agreement i think the warriors number one priority they need to field a lineup of steph curry Draymond green dion waiters and Monte you know what
2: bring i don't back care. Monte. Bring,
1: back <laughs> bring back Monte. bring back Monte. bring back anthony randolph and you know let's just roll with those five into chase why not What's up, Blue Wire listeners? This is Jack from the Real Underscore Sports Podcast, a Snapchat sports pod. We recently ranked as the number one sports podcast on all of iTunes, all of Apple. We cover all things from the NBA draft, from NBA free agency. We're working on MLB this summer, as well as the NFL offseason. Catch me and my co-host Abe on the Real Underscore Sports Podcast, a Snapchat sports pod, a part of the wonderful Blue Wire Podcast Network. All right. Now, uh, what, what do we got? So final segment of the show. We've got Jonathan Wasserman at NBA Draft Was, W-A-S-S, lead NBA scout draft writer for Bleacher Report, formerly of NBADraft.net. Manhattan, New York. Is it 11 p.m. over there right now? Holy shit.
3: It is. What are you just reading right off the Twitter profile?
1: That's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I dude. didn't read rule number 76, though. I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't know what it was from. So I kind of like, wedding oh, it was,
3: wedding so. crashers.
2: Come on, Andy. Come on. That's just, I mean, I love
1: wedding crashers, but you know,
2: you're also forgetting the lottery new podcast on Blue Wire. I actually listened to your last episode with uh Cole. Monish? Um, it was great hearing about all these prospects. The Warriors have no shot at, <laughs> so, um, but Jonathan, we wanted to kind of, so obviously this is a warrior centric podcast and um, well, you're probably aware of the fact the Warriors won't have Clay Thompson for most of next year. And who knows if they'll ever have Kevin Durant again. Uh, they got a lot of holes to plug and they haven't really got much out of the draft over the last few years. Um, so I guess I guess my first question for you is, like, they're picking number 28. Um, I guess the number one thing I think they need is, like, a productive wing player. Is that even a possibility at those numbers?
3: Yeah, there is. I mean, uh, you know, how often does the number 28 pick ever give you anything? So, I mean, I think you have to lower the bar a little bit. But, yeah, there's a couple guys that stand out. Dylan Windler from Belmont, uh, you know, on paper, I think he makes a ton of sense. To join the playoff team, Winler is a, a six-seven wing, ranked in the 99th percentile in half-court offense this year. Pretty much playing strictly off the ball as a catch-and-shooter and a cutter. So, uh, I mean, if you're looking for a wing guy, he stands out. Matisse Thybul from Washington is a defensive specialist uh, who who's a, like a good enough shooter. I think he can hold his own. Um, you know, just making. Matisse was actually
2: going to be the guy I wanted the Warriors to draft all year just because, like, I don't watch too much college basketball being on the West Coast. But if I do, it's it's Pac-12. And he's one of those guys who just jumps off the screen every time you watch Washington. Uh, but now yeah. I'm, like, watching the Warriors. Um, and, like, they're going to put out Steph Curry and four dudes who don't want to shoot the ball next year. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I want another. I mean, because he, he profiles as a really good Iguodala replacement, I guess.
3: Yeah, that would make sense. I mean, he also played his own defense. It's like so tough to decide if uh, that was really what fueled his three steals and two blocks per game. And, you know, is he going to be a lockdown guy? It's tough to tell because it was so rare he was ever in one-on-one situations. And he's only 6 6'5". Uh, and he's, you know, he's a good athlete, but nothing special. And uh, shot 30% from three this year. You'd like as a senior for that number to be a little bit higher. But um really mature kid and somebody i think at, at, if, he, if he was there at number 30 you'd feel pretty good about taking him i mean <laughs> sounds, at number 28 sorry
1: sounds like uh sounds like draymond green although i feel like every guy that has very little athleticism and is mature is is tabbed as the new dream is the next Draymond green so i guess you take <laughs> with it what you will
3: yeah if you're if you can guard multiple positions you're draymond green
2: <laughs> so that's uh, who's this year's um by my count this year's uh Draymond Green is what was his name Grant Williams at least he he leads the uh, clubhouse in Draymond comparisons
3: <laughs> yeah I mean I, I'm not gonna lie I actually used it today in something I was writing or at least on defense it really does I mean um he is he's got that that wide frame and he plays below the rim so um I, I could totally see the comparison um different personalities uh what's his name um Grant Williams is a lot more uh laid back and professional um not that <laughs> Draymond, you know, <laughs> Draymond has his, his outburst. Uh, I, I'd say Grant Williams is a little more um, uh, under control and poised, but um, definitely a very good defender and a guy who I really think uh, can add value guarding bigs, switching on to wings, ball handlers.
1: Okay, so John, I, I got a question for you about just how teams look to draft players. Do, do you have an idea of kind of what the Warriors are looking for um, I mean, outside of like, hey, we want the best player available. I'm, I'm sure certain teams like certain type of players. Um, is there a certain type that the Warriors are looking for? Because, I mean, I'm sure you've looked at who the Warriors have drafted the last couple of years. They're all trash. So it's it's kind of time for the Warriors to pick someone that can actually play basketball. And I'm sick and tired of looking at someone like Jacob Evans who can't even play in the G League. So what are, what are we doing here? I
2: should, Andy, but, we should mention the Warriors still very much believe Jacob Evans will play a role next year.
1: I believe that I can be a superstar as well. So. <laughs> so, so. I believe I'm the next Bill Simmons as well. So, you know.
3: Um, I mean, like it's it's you know on paper, you know Jordan Bell made sense on paper as a guy right, who, right. who um, you know put into a game and, and let him play to his strengths as an athlete, as a as a a, a guy who runs the floor and, and crashes the glass and makes plays without needing his his number called. And Jacob Evans also made sense on paper as kind of yeah. a do it all you know versatility guy. And he'll pass, he'll make open shots. Not a one on one guy, but obviously Golden State doesn't need that. So I mean. When you're choosing guys at number 28 overall, yeah, you're 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 looking for fit, and um, and the difference between the guy who's number twenty-eight and the guy who's number thirty-eight in terms of talent is really not much. So uh, you look for guys, I guess, who, who can who can fit what you have on paper, and hope that they actually uh, pan out and can play in the NBA. Some other teams will just literally make a list of their thirty best players, and whoever the best guy on the board is, whether he fits or not, is who they'll take.
2: Mm. So, um, I threw up the question on Twitter and the name I got most common for the Warriors that fans wanted and take it for what it will, Carson Edwards. Um, is he actually, cause like we all saw what he did in the tournament. Where, where mm-hmm. do you kind of stand on him as an actual NBA prospect?
1: Next yeah. up, Curry. <laughs>
3: um, listen, he's, he's, a, he's tough. I, I go back and forth on him a lot over the years. He's six foot and he, you know, he can't pass or play make, So. Um, to be a score and to be a, a blow the rim guy at six feet, you got very little margin for error, right? You, oh, you got to wow. make, you got to make enough jump shots, but he is, you know, a, as good of a shot maker as there is, which, you know, you saw in the NCAA tournament and, um, you know, if he's going to stick it, it's going to be in that, that microwave scoring role off the bench where he, he's got a short leash. If his shot's not going in, you yank him. And if it's going in, he could put up, you know, 15 points in, in a couple of minutes um, he's tough. Uh, you know, he's, he's terrible inside the arc. Not a very good finisher, but but he could pull up from anywhere. And he's very confident. And once he starts, you know, catches fire, like I said, he could rattle off a couple jumpers in a row, whether he's uh, open or whether he's tightly guarded. So he's tough. He's he's tough to uh, decide. I think that's why he's a fringe first rounder. But um, I mean, if Golden State took him at thirty at uh, twenty eight, you couldn't really knock that move.
1: Wow. So he's six feet tall. And I mean, presumably he can't play defense. I wow. will say he
3: also, he also has a six six wingspan, which is I mean, a plus six wingspan a is six, really six. You said six. Yeah, uh, wow. so he's, he's six feet and he's got an extra six inches got of it. length, which is really rare. Uh, he's also jacked. I mean, he is he is <laughs> built like a you know like a house. He he's not wow. okay. he's not a, a light kid who could get pushed around. He's got a pretty strong body for a six footer,
1: but not a playmaker. You said though, so he's more of kind of just like a I guess not Monte because. Across the network, looks like he can shoot threes, but yeah, I mean that's sounds sounds Crawford like a sounds like a bigger um,
3: Isaiah Thomas type. Yeah, I mean? yeah, sure. But even Thomas was more of a guy who can get into the lane and set the table True. for guys and kick it out. It, he's just not a passer, you know. He's he's looking for his shot. Maybe that has to do with his team uh, that he's been on. Uh, his role has always been put the ball in the basket. But uh, you could just see he's he's a guy who just locks in at the rim, you know, whether he's uh, whether he gets inside the arc to pull up or, or whether he's uh, pulling up from five feet behind him
1: interesting how about this guy that um i've been reading i think a couple guys on the the warriors the couple, a couple guys covering the warriors i've mentioned this g league player that they have um who seemed like he's a fringe second rounder but what's his name Some, help me out here sam smodulate or whatever <laughs> alan <laughs> alan
2: smelly i can i can't pronounce we'll, it we'll it the it one who one plays day. for santa cruz um
3: I don't know. Are we stumping do you,
1: Jonathan? You, do, do we do we have an idea on that? On this I guy, mean,
3: he, I I I wouldn't expect him to get drafted. He's probably. Oh, gonna he's be in,
1: not going drafted at all. Oh, wow. Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, his. Once you get into that fifty range, anybody could get picked. But uh, it's surprising that people are even bringing him up.
1: Yeah, there, he got there was up a little a few articles. There was
2: a little <laughs> media done on him. Um, I don't know why the Warriors were talking about him so much. If they were intent on stashing him and and not yeah. showing him at the showcase, it kind of seems counterintuitive to hide him and then you know give a bunch of quotes for some local paper pieces on him uh but but the the sentiment had been had been someone that the warrior scouts were really high on so
1: for what it's worth jonathan did know who he was and he gave him a one sentence descriptor so (laughs) i'm very this guy's gonna be legit
3: i wouldn't waste too much time on him
1: <laughs> um, so who, who do you think? Uh, who do you think? Uh, if you could throw some names out, because I'm not a draft guy, but a lot of the fans are. I mean, Sam threw out the uh, the tweet, and a bunch of people came out with a bunch of names. I was like, what what is going on? So what are kind of like you know maybe three to four people that Warriors fans should look at or should know? Because last year Jacob Evans was definitely one of the guys that was brought up over and over and over again, um, along with that, that one Duke guy uh, that got drafted. So who who are you thinking is is going to be there um, for the Warriors here?
3: All right, Casey Akpala from Stanford is—he's uh, he, probably a guy who's going to get looks in the twenty to thirty range. Six um, nine, face up forward. Hmm. Uh, but he's he improved a little bit as a shooter, but averaged sixteen a game this year and has that profile with the with the size and and that face up scoring ability that you know says mismatch on paper. Chuma Okiki is a guy who I love. Uh, Okiki's from Auburn. Hmm. Um, he tore his ACL in the NCAA tournament, so it'll be interesting to to How match that- him up.
2: I was actually just about to ask oh, you that, that because that was the guy I, I liked most for the Warriors. And I, I was like, Oh, torn ACL, who cares? You know? And then the last week of the season happened and I'm sitting here wondering, do the Warriors really have the luxury of taking a guy that they're pretty much going to have to red shirt their first year because they're redshirting
3: half the roster at this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, it may make, it may make sense if, if next year they're not playing for a title, um, to, to think maybe two years down the line And Okiki to me is like the closest thing To Robert Covington I've seen in the draft In, mm. in a couple of years 6'8, 230, over 38% From deep both both seasons And just a really good defender Who who really can switch on to everybody And, and be a defensive factor
2: So you really think, I was going to ask you this, So you really think he can, like he's a wing In the NBA because um, I have such a hard time with the college game And everyone basically looks like A small ball
3: four to me <laughs> Um, yeah, no, but
2: you he, think he's like he's, a legitimate like cuz like Robert Covington's an elite wing defender.
3: Yeah, and I think he could be a, a wing defender. I mean, whether he's a 3 or a 4, I guess it depends on who he's playing with and who he's playing against. But um I think you could really put him at either spot, particularly if if the 3 ball translates.
2: Nice. Okay. Um before we get you out of here, I guess I want to forget the Warriors picking at 28, who is your number one sleeper for this draft. In other words, someone who's not going in the lottery, but you feel very confident about is going to be like in, in three years or five years, everyone's going to talk to them, talk about them the way they talk about Draymond or Brogdon or, you know, pick your, you know, why didn't he go higher guy?
3: All right. Oh, Kiki was probably my pick, but I'll I'll obviously go in a different direction. I like, I like Terrence Mann from Florida state who also should be an option for golden state. Terrence Mann was uh, invited to the G League camp, so he, that means he was ranked in the 60 to 100 range by most teams. Played well enough to get an invite to the NBA Combine, which is the, the top 60 guys, and uh, just one of those guys who 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 uh, you know the the glue guy. Who, who I hate to use that word, but that's kind of what he is. He's he plays in between better players. He makes the right pass. He knocks down the open shot. Um, he finishes. 60% around the basket and, and he defends with toughness. So I, th- I think if he goes to a good team like Golden State, Terrence Mann is, is an option for uh, your sleeper pick. I'll, I'll bring up another guy who, who's injured, uh, Jonte Porter, M- Michael Porter's brother, who tore his ACL twice within the same year. Um, but before he did that, I had him as a lottery guy and most others had him at least as, as a first-rounder. And he, uh, he checks the right boxes for today's big man, uh, 6'11", shoots threes, passes, could put it down and block shots. So uh, that's another guy who, if he actually can hold up physically, I think is going to be a big time value pick in this draft. And and another guy, Terrence Davis uh, from old miss um, who who was in the G league camp also got moved to the NBA combine. And I think over the last couple of weeks, really been flying up draft boards, six, four big time athlete shoots threes, plays a little pick and roll uh, and defends with toughness, both backcourt spots. So uh, I think Terrence Davis uh, from old miss is another sleeper in that second round.
1: Nice. Well, before actually, you know what? Before before you get out, I got I got I'm curious about one thing. Um, the Pelicans have the number one and the fourth pick now. Presumably, they don't trade them for Bradley, Bradley Beal. What, why are people saying it's a three man draft? Is that is that true? Are they not going to be able to get someone?
3: Listen, somebody. Somebody is going to be better than the top three guys. It's just impossible to identify <laughs> yeah. who it's going to be, right? Like, how often is the top three picks ever actually yeah. the top three best players? It never happens. So, I don't know who's going to be the one who disappoints people, Ja or RJ. But the problem is at number four, it's like it could be, you know, it's a crapshoot. It could be one. Mm-hmm. It could be Darius Garland. It could be Kobe White. It could be DeAndre Hunter. It could be Culver. It could be Cam Reddish. It's. It, it's impossible Jeez. to really. Nobody stands out as that obvious answer at number four, and that's why um, huh. it's it's difficult to to pinpoint the value of that fourth pick right now. Mm. Fair enough. Fair
2: enough.
1: <laughs> That all we got, Sam.
2: I think that's it, um, Jonathan. You got anything you
3: want to plug before we get out of here? Uh, no. <laughs> I got. I got. You know. I, I'm sure. If you. I got mock draft, obviously coming out on Wednesday. If you haven't been sick of reading mock drafts um and uh, you know do some post draft analysis uh, but but at this point it's just mock draft and and post draft reactions and i can't believe we're already here already it's going to be tuesday already
1: I can't believe that it's Thursday. That's it's, where the draft is. Sam enough. shocked me when he told me. Yeah, and weekend. it's
2: it's funny because, like, the way the Warriors season ended with all the injuries and kind of we're, we're very aware that they're not going to be competing for a title next year, uh, given all the players rehabbing. All of a sure. sudden, I've seen the fan base just completely pivot to, like, binging every mock draft to figure out who can play.
1: So. Yes, yeah, time of well, the year.
3: I will say this. This year, you know, it's not known as a strong draft, but... Uh, you're you know you're looking at the number twenty eighth pick. I think that you can get pretty good value this year at, at number twenty eight uh, if they make if they find the right guy i think there's i think you can get a guy who's probably worth like a mid first round pick and, and he might be there at number mm. twenty eight so it's definitely worth staying up to to see who they get at number twenty
2: eight is isn't that kind of always the deal with it? like bad draft is really code for I have no clue w- yes. which one of these players is gonna like jump out in three
3: years. Right, of course. I mean, I I hate to say whether a draft sucks before they're actually drafted because you never know, you know, C.J. McCollum starts averaging 20 points and, and Steven Adams becomes a $100 million man. You just never, some of those guys you just can't predict. When we say it's a bad draft, it means right now we just can't identify who are going to be the stars. And I think that's the case this year. But I wouldn't be surprised if this draft produces a lot of role players.
2: All right, Jonathan, thanks for coming on.
3: Yep. All right. Thanks, fellas.
1: Thanks, brother.
4: It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust.